Thank you, Rick, and hello once again. Uh, this morning we're continuing in our sermon series titled Jesus's High Priestly Prayer. And Jesus uh, spent his last night with his disciples, um, and, and he's describing what it would look like once he has gone back to his Father in heaven. And so, understandably, they're anxious, they're, they're concerned. And so Jesus purposefully prays out loud so they can hear and be strengthened by the truth of his words. And Jesus' words are profound. They open up a window into the very mind of God. In our text this morning, Jesus calms his disciples by, by describing how they belong to God. Understand this, belonging to God is the answer to any problem on earth. And so before I read, let me ask you, have, have you experienced the blessing of belonging to God? And if you have, how would you know? Our text this morning is John chapter 17, beginning in verse 6, and we will read halfway through verse 11. Jesus prayed, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For you have given given the words, I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. This is the word of God. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. If you want to know God, if you want to know his will, if you want to know his way, then we must know his word. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the living word sent from heaven so that we can truly know the Father. As you said, that if if whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And Jesus, we see you with eyes of faith through your word. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would encourage us this morning, that we'd see that our worth is found in the fact that we belong to you, Father. Um, Fill us with your spirit so that we can comprehend and delight in these truths. Amen. Groucho Marx, okay, I know I'm going back quite a bit. Groucho Marx famously quipped, I refuse to join any club that would have me as a member. It's funny, but it's also insightful. Marx's statement identifies a relationship between belonging and worthiness. Belonging and worthiness go hand in hand. If you belong to one of the expensive golf courses out here or a beach club, it's because the members of the club have voted you as worthy, at least according to their standards. Your belonging and your worthiness go hand in hand. To belong to the National Football League Hall of Fame means that People who know a lot about football have deemed you worthy of belonging. To belong to the National Honor Society means you've passed the worthiness test with regards to the National Honor Society's standards. Your belonging and your worthiness go hand in hand. Do you get get the point that I'm making? Which is why Groucho Marx's statement is not just funny, it's relevatory. I refuse to join any club that would have me as a member. 
now I know he's just trying to be funny, but his statement declares that, that as he looks at himself, he cannot help but realize he does not pass the worthiness test. He wouldn't want to be a part of any club that has people like him. You know, human beings are by nature belonging beings. We are wired by God for relationship with others. We have been made for belonging. And the absolute pinnacle of belonging is belonging to what? Belonging to God. My friends, this truth that if you this truth that if you're in Christ you belong to God, this this is not a secondary blessing of being a Christian. No, it's the blessing from which all other blessings flow. And so today, uh, we get to spend a little bit of time meditating upon the truth uh, that, that in Christ, we belong to God. And when I say we belong to God, I mean our triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This is the blessing above all blessings. Nothing could ever be said of you Nothing better could ever be said of you than that you belong to God. And no greater worth could be experienced here on earth or in heaven than that which is yours by virtue of belonging to God. Oh, that we would count our blessings. It is when we understand our blessings of belonging that that all fears and anxieties and complaining fall by the wayside. I don't know about you, but I need to grow in my understanding of this blessing of belonging to God. My friends, I think we all have a long ways to go to get to the point where belonging to God fully captivates our heads and our hearts. And yet it is true. A Christian is someone who has come to experience the great blessing, the greatest of all, the blessing of belonging to God. That is what we're going to look at here this morning. We're going to divide our time into a couple of areas. First, we're going to just get a little little better grasp of this truth of belonging to God. And then we're going to quickly look at four additional blessings in our passage, which Jesus gives to us. First, here's a big point to ponder. Before time began... God had a people that belonged to him. If you are in Christ, you have always belonged to God. There never was a time you didn't. Oh, you might think that you, that you, that you, that you might, you might not have believed in him until you were like 29 years old like I was, but you had already belonged to God already. This truth is, is what we conclude from Jesus's words Five times in his high priestly prayer, Jesus speaks of believers as the people whom you gave me. They were in, we were in God's hands. In verse 6, Jesus says, yours they were and you gave them to me. Verse 9, I'm praying for those whom you gave me, for they are yours. And in verse 10, all mine are yours and yours are mine. Listen, God gave you to Jesus long before Jesus even began to go to the cross. The Father gave us to his Son, Jesus. And know this, you are a welcomed gift. Have you ever been to one of those white elephant exchanges? They can be a lot of fun, but they can also be quite a letdown. Everybody brings a wrapped present, and some are nice, while others are like joke gifts, like a jar of pickled pig's feet. And each person gets to open up a jar, a jar, a present. They open it up, or they get to steal the present that somebody else has already opened up. 
But in the end, the problem is somebody always ends up with the pickled pig's feet. When Jesus says to his father, you gave them to me, he's not complaining as if he got like the bad gift at a white elephant exchange. No, the people of God are a welcomed gift. How do we know this? Well, one, in our text in verse 10, Jesus says, all mine are yours and yours are mine. And then he says, and I am glorified in them. Jesus says he is glorified in us. How so? A number of ways. One, the glory of God's grace is written all upon us, sinners saved by grace. This brings glory to Christ. But also consider this, every time you pray in faith, every time you say no to temptation, every time you turn your cheek, every time you forgive, every time you sacrifice for the kingdom, every time your new nature in Christ reflects God's glory, it brings glory to to Jesus Christ. And so talk about invigorating, like we belong to God and he delights in us. And so we belong to God, but also notice how long we have belonged to God. Try to wrap your head around this statement. Before you gave yourself to Christ, God had already given you to Christ. Unfortunately, many Christians have a misguided understanding of salvation. They think that that the day they gave their life to Christ, they think of that as the day in which they began to belong uh, to God. But that's not how it works. What Jesus is praying here tells us that long before you were born, you belong to the Father. And at some point, before he went to the cross, the Father gave you to his Son so that the Son can redeem you and purify you and sanctify you as God's child. You came to give your life to Christ precisely because the Father had already given you to Christ before time had even begun. Christian, you did not come to belong to God because you came to believe in Christ. No, you came to believe in Christ because you already belonged to God. Which is why Paul wrote that glorious introduction in his letter to the Ephesian church. Remember these words? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Understand this. If if you belong to God, then you gave your life to Christ. But the reason why you ended up giving your life to Christ in the first place is because the Father had already given you to Christ first. Such knowledge should humble us, right? It should lavish our sense of worth to the point that nothing on earth can ever rattle us again. So that's a quick glimpse at the major blessing of belonging to God. We were were his before time began. That's astounding. Do you see why Jesus would want those disciples to hear him pray this out loud? And his words are for us, too, today. Think how knowing this addresses any anxiety or concern or trouble you may have. They all shrink to almost nothing with this understanding. And do you understand how knowing this truth addresses any worthiness deficiency 
you may think you have. Let's see what other blessings flow to us because of this overarching blessing of belonging to God. There's a number of them that Jesus points out. Do you remember the old slogan for, for American Express? Membership has its privileges. How much more so membership has its privileges for the family of God? In our passage, Jesus gives four privileges or blessings that have been given to us. First, Jesus has given us the Father's name. Verse 6, I have manifested or given your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. If you belong to God, it's because Jesus has manifested God's name to you. Now, what does this mean? Well, in, in, in biblical terms, in biblical times way back then, uh, it was widely held that the name uh, in some way summed up the entire person. Remember last week's sermon, we saw that where Jesus defined eternal life as what? Eternal life is knowing God, knowing God relationally. And so when Jesus says he has manifested your name to the people you gave me out of the world, he means that, that, that he has given us true and certain knowledge of who God really is. We don't have much time to go into it, but, there, but there's, here's some aspects to God's name that he's revealed to his covenant people over the years. Of course, there's the great name, Yahweh, the great name that, that God revealed to Moses before Moses went into Egypt to redeem God's people. God said, tell them I am sent you. And then in the name Yahweh, which he revealed, is based on the Hebrew word for, for I am. God is saying, I am the covenant faithful God that you can depend upon. In addition to Yahweh, God is referred to as Elohim. This, this refers to God as creator. And then there's El Shaddai, meaning God Almighty, and El Roy, the God who sees me, and El Elyon, God Most High, and Yahweh Yaira, meaning the Lord will provide. These are just some of the names in the Old Testament. They're, they're names because they reflect who God is. In the New Testament, there is a, another name that's revealed to us, Father. Jesus constantly referred to God as Father, and he encouraged his followers to do the same. After the resurrection, Jesus said to Mary Magdalene, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And you know, it's because Jesus has manifested God's name to us that we don't pray anymore like unbelievers. Prayers such as, oh, God beyond the heavenly realms, God too lofty to, lofty to ever know. No, we pray, God Almighty, God who sees me, my Father who loves me and chose me before time began, hallowed be thy name. Christian, the blessing of belonging to God means that Jesus Christ has given or revealed God's name to you so that you actually know him. Not that, not that we don't need to keep growing, but the relationship has begun for us. Another benefit or blessing is that Jesus has given us a special status, the status of being set apart. Set apart how? Set apart as, as holy unto God. If you belong to God, then it's because God has declared you holy unto him. The Greek word hagias um, has a couple different meanings uh, depending upon the context. Um, the English words we use to translate are either holy or or the word saint. 
And so this word hagias has two different aspects. One, it speaks of what typically comes to mind, that moral purity or perfection. But two, it also reflects being set apart uh, as, as special for God's purposes. Remember how the priests in the Old Testament Uh, during those regulations, they were instructed by God to to set apart common things in the temple, like altars and bowls and utensils, set them apart. And they would would sprinkle them with water or blood by God's decree, and, and they would become holy or sanctified. Basically, they're set apart for God's purposes. That is why when Paul writes to the churches, he refers to everyone there as what? Saints. To the saints in Ephesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. Listen, if you belong to Christ, you are a saint. It doesn't mean that you're a great Christian, whatever that is. It simply means you've been set apart by God as his. You belong to him. And we see this in the passage. Once again, verse 6. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Later in this same prayer, Jesus will say, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. My friends, this blessing of belonging to God means we are no longer of this world. Not that we aren't in this world, but we're no longer of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are no longer sinners, separated from God, but we are saints who are set apart from the world as belonging to God. Now, with this stated, I want to make one important point regarding being set apart by God. And it corrects kind of a mistaken conception Christians can have about salvation. Isn't it true that we often think that Jesus went to the cross for us in order to make us the people of God, in order to make us lovable, you know? Um, But that's not what we see from this passage. What we see in this passage is that God has already set us apart as belonging to him. Jesus says, yours they were, and you gave them to me. And then Jesus went to the cross and died so that we who already belong to God would be set apart as holy by the sprinkling of his blood. Listen, Jesus didn't go to the cross in order to make us lovable to God. We already were lovable, loved by God, before the world even began. The reason why, it's the reason why, the reason why Paul's able to write, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, is because while we were still sinners, God, God, we belong to the people of God. Your belonging to God in eternity past means you were You were set apart in eternity past by God. Now, how does this challenge you? How does it expand your understanding of of God's salvation? Does, Does it cause you to wonder and delight all the more in God? So we've seen that some of the blessings of belonging to God, um, and that's that God has given that Jesus has given us the Father's name and He set us apart. Also, we see Jesus has given us God's word. Look at verses 7 and 8. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. My friends, unless God has spoken or speaks, we're all doomed. You cannot know God unless he has spoken 
and he's spoken in Scripture, and certainly through his Son, the living Word. Jesus says that he's given his people God's Word, and God's people have received them. But it's true, isn't it? Not everyone who heard Jesus' words received them. Sadly, most didn't, and that's true to this day. Think of that great crowd that was that was um, miraculously fed that one day from just a, a few fish and a few loaves of bread. But then they choked on Jesus' teaching. Remember how they complained after Jesus spoke? They said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Now, consider how different are the people of Christ. They receive and keep God's word. And when we say keep God's word, we don't mean so much as just keeping it in our heads, but actually living it out. As Jesus said earlier in John's gospel, he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And not that we keep Christ's commandments perfectly. It's true, right? Daily, daily we fall short and we need to confess But the overall tenor of our lives, right, the overall tenor of our lives is that we delight in the word of God and we long to obey it. It's one of the reasons why we're launching a discipleship program this fall. So you can be a part of it. Together in your small groups, you'll hold each other accountable to knowing God's word and keeping God's word together. Lastly, Jesus has given us Himself. Look again at verse 8. They have received the words you gave me and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. Remember what we discussed last week. The number one priority for all eternity for Jesus is what? To glorify his heavenly Father. Jesus, the Son, came to earth to glorify the Father by completing the work of salvation. Jesus came to give himself to us for God's glory. And now we belong to God because Jesus has given himself to us. And we have with joy received him. We have believed that God sent him. That's what it means to be a Christian. Jesus is God's gift to the world. Eternal life belongs to all who look upon him and receive him as the one who came from God for us. The perfect life that Jesus lived, he lived in your place. His death on the cross, he died in your place. His resurrection to new life, he rose in your place. They're all part of belonging to God. And so you cannot belong to God unless you come to believe that the Father sent Jesus and you receive him in faith. But if you belong to God, if you've done this, or perhaps one day you will do this, then God's gift of his son marks you as having belonged to God from before time began. It's amazing, right? And it's all the work of God's grace. We didn't do anything. It's all his idea, which is why Paul wrote elsewhere, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God not the result of works, so that no one may boast. So this morning we've looked at the blessing of belonging to God, that the the plan of God from all eternity past is to love and purify and have for himself a people who truly belong to him. 
And his plan means that, that though we're not worthy of belonging, we have been made worthy of belonging by the cross of Christ. God has set us apart as his through the sprinkling of, of the blood of his holy son. And in doing so, he has made you holy for all eternity. Christian, may we treasure up these truths that we've unpacked this morning. You belong to God. And when I say you belong to God, once again, I'm not saying that you belong to him begrudgingly, like lint in God's pocket. No, listen, nothing belongs to God unless he absolutely cherishes it. I'm going to repeat that so you can think about it. Nothing belongs to God unless he absolutely cherishes it. And in Christ Jesus, God cherishes you. When you think about all this, does it not lift you up? Does it not cause you to cherish this life that God has given you? You belong to God, so let let us live for God's glory. Let us not seek a worth on this earth alone, apart from God and his glory. But let us seek and find our worth in God and our relationship with him, a God who's glad to share his glory with his people. We belong to God. Let us delight and rejoice and honor him. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, great God of glory, our Redeemer who loved us before time began, our Father in heaven who has given us to Christ so that we may belong to you. We lift ourselves to you with joy. We ask that this truth we've meditated upon would be pressed deep into our souls. May we know that our worth is determined by you. Our status is perfect and our future is secure in Christ. May this truth cast away all fears and anxieties. May we rest in your grace. Amen. Now let us rejoice together as we sing, Turn Your Eyes.